What's happening, everybody? On today's show, it is the start of another SEC baseball season. We're going to talk with Ben McDonald of the SEC Network on who are some of the teams to beat this season in the conference. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. All right, before we talk baseball with Ben McDonald, we got some football stuff to take care of, so let's do it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And we start with the SEC announcing that uh, Media Days is set for this summer, July 17th through the 20th, in downtown Nashville. So, look, it's only February, but the SEC getting out ahead of this to announce Media Days not going to be in Atlanta, not going to be in Hoover. They are moving to Nashville uh, for the first time. Uh, it'll be the third time, like we said, the event to travel outside of the Birmingham area with Atlanta hosting it in 2018 and 2022. We'll get a more detailed schedule once we get closer to that into the summer, but they already got the layout of the schedule on Monday of SEC Media Days week. It'll be Brian Kelly, Eli Drinkwitz, and Jimbo Fisher. Tuesday of that week, Hugh Freeze, Kirby Smart, Zach Arnett, Clark Lee on Wednesday. The Godfather, Nick Saban, along with Sam Pittman, Billy Napier, Mark Stoops. And Thursday, to round things out, it'll be Lane Kiffin, Shane Beamer, and Josh Heupel. So looking forward to that. Of course, we'll bring you all our coverage from SEC Media Days when we get closer to it uh, right here on Locked on SEC. Some other news going on around the conference over at Ole Miss. Linebacker Ashanti Sistrunk has pulled his name out of the transfer portal. That's according to On3Sports. He got, got into the portal back in January along with several of his teammates, but he has decided he will stay in Oxford for the upcoming season. He finished fifth on the team in tackles last year with 72, was a big-time uh, piece of that Rebels defense. And, of course, uh, Alabama bringing in, or Ole Miss bringing in Alabama defensive coordinator Pete Golding. Sistrunk is from uh, Louisville, Mississippi. Finished his fourth season with the Rebels. Was a three-star prospect back in 2019. So a... Uh, Good news there for Ole Miss fans. Big piece of that defense returning. Over at Texas A&M, they tried to get Louisville wide receivers coach Garrick McKee, McGee this offseason, but according to The Athletic, McGee has twice turned down offers from the Aggies to join their staff. Uh, he will stay at Louisville. McGee arrived at Louisville earlier this offseason. He was previously wide receivers coach at Purdue under Jeff Brom. Uh, it's unclear what role AM was offering to him because the Aggies already have a wide receiver coach on their staff in James Coley. But uh, Garrick McGee saying no, staying at Louisville. Uh, AM has had a number of changes on their coaching staff this offseason, including Bobby Petrino coming in as their new offensive coordinator. Over at Alabama, Nick Saban adding a former NFL coach to his staff. According to On3 Sports, Saban and the Tide are adding Ken Wisenhunt to their staff in an off-field role. 
Uh, Wizard Hunt is last the offensive coordinator for the San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers back from 2016 to 2019. Uh, most recently, he was an offensive analyst for James Franklin at Penn State these last couple years. As a head coach, uh, you know, had some success, got to the Super Bowl with the Arizona Cardinals. So, guy who's been around a long time, won a lot of games in football, and big-time resource there to add uh, to the room to help out uh, Nick Saban and new OC Tommy Reese. So, congrats to Ken Wisenhunt. Over at Kentucky, Mark Stoops getting another year out of a veteran running back. Ramon Jefferson has been granted a seventh year of eligibility from the NCAA. It was a high-profile offseason addition to Kentucky's roster last summer, but all that hype that surrounded it, he suffered a torn ACL on his second carry of last season. Uh, he was a decorated running back at the FCS level, rushed for over 1,000 yards in a season at Maine, rushed for over 1,000 yards in a season at Sam Houston State, and now going to get another chance to run this thing back for his seventh year. Um, and he will be with the Kentucky Wildcats. We'll see what he is able to do, have any impact this year in the SEC. Another player uh, over at Alabama, a 26-year-old walk-on tight end, is listed on Alabama's roster, Kobe McNeil. He's a transfer from Colorado State. He's going to turn 27 uh, later this year in May. He is listed at 6'5", 250 pounds. Uh, after high school, he spent six years in the Marines as an aviation electrician and crew chief. He was deployed out in the Middle East and Australia. He's a Dothan, Alabama native, played football, basketball, and baseball in high school. But uh, he's 26 years old and will be a walk-on tight end on the Alabama football team. So congrats to Kobe McNeil. See if he has any impact with the Tide this year. One uh, sad basketball note, Florida, they beat up on Ole Miss on Wednesday night with a 15-point win, but it did cost them. Their starting center, Colin Castleton, left the game with a broken hand, and he will be sidelined for the foreseeable future. The redshirt senior was having uh, an incredible year and is arguably the most important team for the Gator or player on the Gators team. Led them with 16.5 points per game this year. Had a team best 7.9 points and three blocks per game to go with 2.7 assists a night. Uh, leads the SEC in blocks and ranks third in scoring. And it was looking like he was going to be an all SEC first team selection. So tough news there for the Florida Gators. And uh, we'll see how they rebound from this as they continue to fight for a postseason spot. And there you have it. This latest news going on around the conference. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, our conversation with Ben McDonald from the SEC Network. But first, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here with the All-Star break and now is the perfect time to go download the FanDuel app, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's a bonus bet back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to points scored, three-pointers drained. Uh, just go check them out right now on their uh, app. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets 
when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to go learn more on your desktop or mobile device. Make every moment more with FanDuel. They are the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Roll along here, Locked On SEC, and it's that time of year. The temperature has turned a little bit cooler before it gets warmer, but it's that time of year. It is the start of yet another SEC baseball season, and we figured nobody better to bring in than our guy Ben McDonald. You know him, uh, all his work throughout the years on the SEC Network and ESPN, calling college games, and also uh, in the booth there for a long time with uh, the Baltimore Orioles, and he joins us now. Ben, how was your offseason, man? Man, it was perfect. I'll be honest with you. Got to uh, kind of get away from baseball a little bit, and you know, do a little hunting and fishing, and just kind of enjoying the outdoors. So it was it was a good time. But listen, we crank it up tomorrow night. So uh, uh, vacation is over, and it's time to get going. That's for sure. <laughs> What's the biggest buck we got this year? Yeah, we killing. You know, we got a nice one with the bow. Probably about a, uh, I'd say about a hundred and fifty inch buck, which was a really good buck. Went to Nebraska and shot my first mule deer with a bow, which was really cool. And uh, also got a white tail while I was up that way as well. So you know, I enjoy being out. It used to be I had to I had to get something every time I went, but I just kind of enjoy being out and kind of getting away from the cell phone a little bit and uh, getting away from everything and just enjoying the outdoors. I love it. You're you're uh, you're nonstop. Whether you're uh, calling a baseball game or you're out hunting, it's uh, it's a year round thing for this guy. Uh, let's jump into it, Ben. Uh, we don't have time to hit on every SEC team heading the season, but I figure we hit on some of the top teams. Uh, let's start with the consensus preseason number one team, the LSU Tigers. Coach Jay Johnson heading into year two in Baton Rouge has a loaded roster with Dylan Cruz, Trey Morgan. They bring in a transfer pitcher, Paul Skeens. What do you make of this LSU team? Well, on paper, look, it's uh, it's impressive. Like, it's not very often you bring in the number one freshman class in the country and you bring in the number one transfer class in the country as well. And that's what Jay Johnson has done at LSU. But all we got to do is ask Tennessee, right? I mean, uh, it's difficult. It's very difficult. Like, I told people all the time, I was like, listen, if you'd ask, I don't follow college football a whole lot, but I do follow it a little bit. But if you'd ask me back in, like, August, I've been, who's the best football team in the country? I would have said, well, look, Georgia is. Well, Georgia won the national championship for a second consecutive year. But in baseball, it's just a little bit different. That's why I love the game of baseball. It's like, you know, like, you know, Tennessee was probably last year the best team I'd ever seen in my 20-plus years of broadcasting, and yet they don't even make it to the College World Series. And yet Ole Miss, who probably was, the, what, the last team, 64th team in right. the NCAA tournament last year, they find a way to win the College World Series. They can only happen in baseball, not any other sport. So, on paper, I love what I see from LSU, but they got to go out on the field and perform and win. And, look, it's going to be a difficult year in the SEC. I think they start off with Texas A&M, weekend number one in the SEC. That's the top five team, Arkansas in week two, and, of course, Tennessee in week three. So, it's a very difficult schedule for LSU. But, on paper, I like what I see from LSU. I think they're uh, as talented as I've ever seen an LSU team B, and so we'll see what happens now. Big blow yesterday when Grant Taylor, we found out from Grant Taylor, which is going to be a weekend rotation guy for the for the Tigers, you know, out with uh, Tommy John surgery. He's going to need that, and so that's a big blow for the Tigers. But the pitching staff is much deeper this year than it's been in, in a lot of years. 
the other team right up there in the rankings. Uh, some could argue maybe they should be the preseason pick. Tony Vitello's uh, Tennessee Vols. Chase Dolander is back, one of the best pitchers in the country. They bring back Blake Burke, who can crush. Uh, it just feels like expectations for this Tennessee team. It, it's Omaha or bust. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was obviously disappointing to the Vols last year because they felt like they – and they were. They were the best team in the country, and they don't even make it to the College World Series. They lost a lot offensively, but what they do bring back is the best pitching staff in the entire country. You mentioned Dolander, who very well could be the very first pick in the country this year. They got Drew Beam, and they got Burns as well. The entire weekend rotation is back. So the Vols are definitely a team, I think, right towards the top. I'd be shocked if they're not in Omaha this year. So they'll be they'll have something to say for LSU for sure. And week number three uh, in conference play, the balls come to Baton Rouge. And so that's going to be a big-time series right there. But I think Tennessee at the end of the year, when all the dust settles, they'll be in Omaha just like LSU will be as well. Uh, maybe a little less swag this year? Are we going to see a little less showmanship? Or is that just who they are? No, I, I think that's who they are. I mean, Tony Vitello, we know – a young coach, very energetic. He got some swag to him. He promotes all that. Now, the NCAA and, and has stepped in and said, look, we're not going to have the celebrations on the field like we have last year. If you want to put the, the chain on, if you want to put a coat on when they get back to the dugout, we will allow that. But, you know, look, a team typically takes on the identity of its head coach. And Tony Vitello, whether you love him or you hate him, I tell you what, He's got a lot of firepower. He's a, he's a spark plug, and I think that team takes on his identity. So, listen, the balls aren't going anywhere. They, they You either love them or hate them. It's one of those kind of programs out there, but they got a very good program right now. We're talking with Ben McDonald, of course, a college baseball analyst, and he'll be on the call for a ton of games throughout the SEC season. Another team that, Ben, a lot of people have near the top uh, in, in the preseason rankings, the Florida Gators. They bring back a solid squad. Uh, Wyatt Langford's back. Brandon Sprode on the mound. But it feels like Kevin O'Sullivan's kind of maybe underachieved a little bit these last couple seasons. Hasn't been out of the regional round since 2018. What do you make of this Florida Gators team? Well, Wyatt Langford could very well be. You know, he was the co-SEC player of the year last year. Like he, he could. He's mentioned towards the top of the draft this year. So they got a big time performer in Wyatt Langford who'll play center field for him this year. But yeah, you know, Florida Gators last year probably underachieved a little bit. But I think it was more due to the injuries that they had. They had some big time performers that were hurt last year, and those guys are all healthy this year. So I'm gonna tell you what everybody's talking about Tennessee in the Eastern Division, but watch out for Florida because all indications from Kevin O'Sullivan right now in the Florida Gators is they have a healthy squad right now, and they could be a lot to deal with this year because when you talk about talent, Florida Gators have as much talent as anybody does for sure. Continue our conversation with Ben McDonald. And, uh, Ben, as we look at this SEC season, another team expected to be very strong, the Vanderbilt Commodores. They're always tough. Enrique Bradfield is back, one of my favorite speedsters in the conference, steals a ton of bases. It looks like Vandy is loaded with strong pitching again, as they typically are. Tim Corbin always uh, has that as a, as a focus of his team. But it feels like the, the Vanderbilt pitching could maybe wreak havoc on the SEC. We can talk about Carter Holton and Devin Futrell and all these different pieces, but what do you make of Vandy? Yeah, they bring some veteran starting pitching back and some guys that have some big-time experience, too. And you re mentioned Enrique Bradfield, Jr. He's the biggest disruptor, I think, in all of college baseball because when he gets on first base, I'm going to tell you, there's nobody that can throw him out. He could steal 60 bases this year 
And, and what basically could be a 55-60 game schedule, that's how fast he is. He's projected to be a mid-first-round pick this year. He's a difference maker for sure in center field for Vanderbilt. For, excuse me, for Vanderbilt. It was a little bit of an off year for the Doors last year. They didn't perform as well as they thought they would, but I think this year is going to be a little bit different because the pitching staff, as you mentioned, is a little bit stronger this year. They brought in some big-time recruits. And I think the offense is a year older as well. Enrique Bradfield sitting at the top of that lineup. He's going to be a difference maker for sure. Uh, a couple more for you here, Ben. Uh, Arkansas, they bring back uh, some pieces like Peyton Stovall, who's so good at the plate. Uh, Hagen Smith on the mound. Unfortunate news a couple weeks ago with Jackson Wiggins, uh, and he's going to miss the entire season. But Dave Van Horn always seems to kind of figure things out and put a strong product on the field, right? Yeah, he does. I mean, Dave Van Horn is one of the best coaches in the country. There's no doubt about that. Everybody say, well, when is he going to win a national championship? You know, he's been there so many times to Omaha and has come up short a few times. Uh, but, but still, to me, one of the best uh, coaches in the entire country. Jackson, losing Jackson Wiggins is a big blow for Arkansas. There's no doubt about it. But Peyton Stofall, uh, he's a difference maker from an offensive side for sure. I mean, a kid from Louisiana that ends up going to Arkansas. Uh, they're always a top-five team. Be a big test for LSU in week number two when they face uh, the, the Arkansas Razorbacks. And, and it's always a deep team we talk about Arkansas. I mean, Dave Van Horn does a wonderful job in recruiting. I mean, the facilities they've built there uh, in Fayetteville are, are outstanding as well. The, uh, the new facility with the indoor uh, is outstanding as well. And so, look, it, it's a program that it's been on the uprise. We know how many times they've been to, to Omaha in the last few years. It's just a matter of time for Arkansas wins his next national championship. So, they very well could be a team in the West. I know LSU's favored to win the West. I know Ole Miss is right there with them as well, but Arkansas will be have something to say about that for sure. Speaking of the West, how about the the scrappy Texas A&M Aggies? They were a little bit ahead of schedule a year ago, and you're one of Jim Schlossnagel taking over. But they get to the CWS. I loved watching Nathan Detmer pitch, Jack Moss at the plate. But this looks like an Aggie team that's got to figure out who their pitchers are. I feel like the lineup will be okay, but they got to find some pitching. Yeah, I think the offense is going to be outstanding. I mean, Jack Moss is back in opportunity to turn pro. He decided to turn that down. Big-time left-handed hitter. Uh, puts up big numbers. He'll do it again this year. He was, to me, one of the top hitters in the entire country last year. Um, Texas A&M, Jim Slashdale comes over in his first year from TCU. And what does he do? He takes the, you know, the Aggies to the Omaha for the, in his very first year. So Nolan Kane from LSU is over there as well as a recruiting coordinator, third base coach. It's a solid club. They, they returned some guys, some difference makers, certainly in that lineup as well. They're going to be a very strong team to deal with as well. And so, look, it's, you know, as I look at it, four of the five, five, four of the top five teams uh, in the rankings are SEC teams. I think seven of the top nine are SEC teams. And I think all 11 out of the 14 teams have been ranked in somebody's poll in preseason as well. So that just goes to show you how tough the SEC is going to be this year. Well, let's round things out, Ben, with the uh, the reigning champs, the Ole Miss Rebels. Crazy to think that they uh, barely got into the postseason last year, ended up winning the whole thing. Uh, Peyton Chatagnier is back, Hunter Elliott back on the mound. Uh, you know, I've been told that Saunier could be uh, freshman pitcher of the year. But, uh, you know, look, it's fun to celebrate, but then you got to hit the reload button and you got to turn the page and start on a new year. But what do you make of Mike Bianco's bunch? Well, I mean, look, when you win a national championship, you have a bullseye on your back, right? And so everybody's going to be gunning for the Rebels this year. There's no doubt about that. I'm happy for my old battery mate, right? My Mike Bianco. You know, I mean, look, this time last year, people were rumbling a little bit. They got off to a little bit of a slow start, and they wanted to fire Mike Bianco. Well, all of a sudden, 
it all came together and he wins his first national championship. And so I'm happy for him in that regard. Hunter Elliott, who didn't even begin the year in the rotation for the Rebels, ends up being, you know, their number one guy down the stretch. He was big time from the left side. He's back as well. And they do have some pieces too. I mean, Chatagnier is back. Seems like he's been there. Seems like he should be in like a six year free agent by now. You know what I mean? Like he's been there forever. And so, so he's back. There are some veteran pieces back, but they also brought in a strong recruiting class as well. So Ole Miss doesn't, rebuild it just kind of reloads and after a national championship they had a really strong recruiting class so they'll have something to say about that western division as well last thing for you ben before we let you go uh, what do you make of some of the new rules coming to the sec this season i know we got a pitch clock i know we got a 10 run mercy rule some some new rules coming in any of them you like dislike well i kind of like the 10 run rule you know i mean you know when you're in a weekend and you hate to go burn pitchers in a blowout type 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 game and so I'm always worried about keeping our stars on the field you know and the more we can cut back when we need to and, and, and pitchers don't accumulate a ton of innings I think it's a, a good way to go uh the pitch clock is going to be different you know uh got to watch out for the bulk rule that seems to be something different as well so there's some changes going on I think it's about pace of play and try to keep the game moving forward in a positive direction. And so there's always some rule changes. We're always trying to make the game better, just like we do in, in, in Major League Baseball as well. You know about all the changes in Major League Baseball and with the shift and the bulk rules and pitch timer in Major League Baseball as well. So, uh, But at the end of the day, it's still the same game. It's still 90 feet uh, from home to first base. It's still 60 feet, 6 inches. And so it's going to be the teams that are able to adapt a little bit uh, I'm excited for LSU for sure. Uh, Jay Johnson's done a wonderful job in LSU's preseason. You know, number one in every poll out there right now. So it could be a special year down here on the Bayou for sure. And, hey, Ben, the 10-run rule for the broadcaster, uh, there's only so many times you could run through your media notes, right? I mean, a 10-run That is very important. <laughs> that is very important. I like, you know, we can, what's weird is we've had the 10-run rule in SEC games when we go to the conference tournament. Like, it's always been there, but we haven't implemented it during the regular season. But I think it's a good move. I mean, look, pitchers seem to be getting hurt more now than ever. And, you know, in blowout-type games, and people always say, but there's a chance of coming back. I was like, no. There is, but I can only remember one time at LSU when we were down by more than 10 runs and I actually came back and won. And so I, I like it from that regard that you're able to save a little bit of pitching and you may get blown out in game one, but yet you save a little bit of pitching for game two and game three. So I think it's a positive overall. Let's be honest, when you're watching a game on TV and the game is 14 to one, nobody's watching it anyway. So why not end it after seven innings? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no doubt. He is Ben McDonald. Of course, you can see him on the call for games all throughout the season and uh, does a tremendous job. Ben, thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Anytime, anytime guys. You take care. All right, thanks a lot. That's the, the great Ben McDonald, and uh, great stuff with him, as always. As we get ready for another SEC baseball season, I'm excited. Tons of SEC teams ranked very high, and again, expectations for Tennessee, LSU, Florida, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, A&M, Ole Miss. Let's not forget about the back end. Auburn's hoping to be competitive. Georgia, South Carolina, Bama, Kentucky, Mississippi State, eh, Missouri, they, they might, it might be a tough year for them, but uh, nonetheless, we know it's always going to be uh, – a scrappy bunch, and there might be somebody who surprises us this year, a little bit like A&M did a year ago. Is that, is that Kentucky? Is it Bama? Is there somebody sneaking up 
uh, making an impact. We will see. But that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Thank you guys again for making us your first listen every day. Make sure to check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college hoops all in one place. Hear from some big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys on Monday right here at Locked on SEC.